Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So Kanye wants to be president of the United States. I'm Patience Adamu. And I'm Curtis Vermont. And this is The Drip a podcast for diverse millennials to help make sense of COVID-19 and the decisions made by our political leaders. Stay tuned as we parse through the weekly events and announcements that impact us. Shall we? Let's do it. As of July 6th in Peel and July 7th in Toronto, masks will be mandatory indoors. John Tory says he and other regional mayors are taking this precaution so we don't end up like them folks down south. Right. So, so what? More fines for people? Well, actually, Tory is saying there won't really be any enforcement and that he'll be counting on people to educate themselves on the importance of mask wearing and the city would help with that education. Oh, so I guess Tory is learning from other jurisdictions like BC after that report about fines being doled out during COVID, mostly to the marginalized and the people of color. Yeah, perhaps so. In any case, though, publisher BlogTO ran a non-scientific poll with over 7,300 respondents and 6,400 of them, or almost 6,500 actually, we're talking about 89%, agreed with making masks mandatory indoors. So try to make sure you're not caught without your mask come June 6th. By the way, the mayors of Toronto, Markham, Vaughan, Brampton, and Mississauga wanted the Ontario government to make masks mandatory indoors, but Doug Ford said not. His reason is we can't enforce such a measure in the North, so what's the point? Sounds reasonable, but when you hear from Saga Mayor Bonnie Crombie, it's not reasonable at all. She points out that a number of bylaws are hard to enforce, but we still have them, right? Like no smoking bylaws or those mandating leashes for pets. In her words, we have those laws because it's the right thing to do. So why not make similar bylaws for the times? The good news is that we don't need Doug. Local medical officers of health have the power under Section 22 of the Health Protection and Promotion Act to impose their own mandatory mask orders, which is exactly what mayors around the GTHA are doing. Shout out to Bonnie Crombie for kind of stating the obvious. We have tons of things that we can't enforce. So I I love that. Let's, Let's enforce the mask regulations. Straight up. So let me ask you something. In light of what we discussed, do you think Ontario should close its beaches to stop the spread of COVID? Fam, close the beaches, close the swimming pools, close anything that will compromise everyone if one person shows up sick. I get it. Listen, I get it. I, I know you're giving me that look like, yo, the kids <laughs> have to have fun, fam. The kids have to have fun. Is, is there no other way? I, I think there's two realities. One is that our case counts continue to fall even with increased testing, which means we're faring pretty well. But we also know that places that fared well initially, like South Korea, started to see caseloads shoot up (laughs) Uh, once again, once they reopened. And it was driven by young people doing what young people do, socializing in clubs and bars and parties and all of all types. So 
On top of that, we also know a second wave of the virus is likely in the fall, which of course is just around the corner. So I think we need to balance getting outside and enjoying summer with being thoughtful and cautious in the face of a pandemic. Because on the, on the one hand, no matter what anybody says, we need to feel sunlight, right? We need to feel or experience the greenery of plants and trees. We need to experience warm weather. We need to experience friendship and company. But on the other, we need to slow the spread of this virus as much as possible before vaccines are created. And Tim Sly, a professor at Ryerson and expert on pandemics, said the numbers of COVID-19 cases will spike this summer if the behavior we've been seeing continues. I hear you. At least there are people stepping up to help the cause. Yo, I heard the weekend has got our back if we end up in the hospital. Yeah, I mean, if you live in Scarborough, something like that. The weekend has chosen to donate $500,000 to the Scarborough Health Network through sales of his line of EXO face masks. The money will help purchase ventilators, ICU beds, vital sign and ECG monitors, PPE, as well as health and wellness support for frontline workers, and finally, well, other urgent needs. Absolutely, positively lit. Liddy! Well, according to Scarborough Health Network, the Grammy Award-winning Scarborough native has been supporting them and other charities from the start of the pandemic. In fact, all money from the sales of the weekend's EXO face masks will be donated to COVID relief, and he's matching every single dollar raised. Yo, masks are becoming fashion statements now, eh? Who's buying the EXO mask? <laughs> I mean, I already have my brand, but uh, yeah, I might just give it a try still. If it has, yeah, if it has a brand on either side, I'll definitely give it, a, I'll give it a look. Yeah. Well, as of Tuesday, we'll be seeing a little less of Justin Trudeau, or at least based on how most of us have been seeing him since the onset of the pandemic. Instead, he, Dr. Tam, and Dr. Nu will provide news updates a few times a week as the country moves to reopen. End of an era? I don't know. We'll see. I think it's, it's been really comforting to see Justin Trudeau every day step out and talk to us and be a little bit real about how his, what, what he's learning and, and how, he, how he feels we're going to be able to get through this. But it is great that he doesn't have to do that anymore because it really does signal that the, the crisis stage of this pandemic is over. So I'm, I'm happy that we're moving out of this phase. What about you? I'm happy for sure. I'm happy for sure. Speaking of Justin Trudeau, though, he and his government are seeing the biggest boost of support for a minority government in 60 years. During the election and around February, March, the liberals were hovering around 33% support. But since then, they've seen their support increase significantly to between 39 and 42% among decided voters, according to a monthly average of national polls. And that's huge. To understand how big a deal that is, we have to look at Canadian history. Since modern political polling began in Canada in the 40s, 10 elections have ended with a minority government. Most times, the first nine months of new minority governments don't see wide fluctuations in support. The increase in support for the Liberals since the election, which is about 7.5 points, is the largest for a minority government since John Diefenbaker's Progressive Conservatives surged by 11.5 points in 1957-1958. Many political analysts have said that if there were to be an election, it would have to be in the fall. So what do you think, Patience? Will there be an election? Should there be an election? No election until after the second wave, please. We can't have these leaders fighting for our attention and using this fight against COVID-19 into a fight against one another. I'd I'd love to, to also address your first point. I'm not surprised that Trudeau's government has gained a boost in support. 
what I think is particularly interesting for us who live in Ontario is how we have conservative leadership at the provincial level and liberal leadership at the federal level. And this has given us a really good idea of what the difference in values and leadership are and how important these differences are when we are at risk and why we need someone, a government, uh, an administration who plays well in the sandbox at times like this. Liberals play well in the sandbox. They are Canada's center, central party. They are designed to facilitate compromise, especially at the federal level when there are four other parties clamoring for attention and, and influence. Yeah, um, interesting point I think our, our readers might be interested to hear, which is that um, the Liberal Party truly is the naturally governing party of this country because since Confederation, um, the Liberals have been in power 82 years and the Conservatives have been in power 41 years. Literally twice as much the government or the Liberal Party has been in power. Wow. I don't know if there will be an election. Um, you that up your sleeve, fam? Like, <laughs> what did you say? You just had that up your sleeve? Like, where was that written? Like, I'm like, well, how did you know that? <laughs> Patience, I know a lot of things that I don't talk about. <laughs> like, 82, 41, <laughs> I know a lot of, and I don't just know it because I decided to do the, like, I just, I read, I, I read yeah. it something. Um, I don't know if there'll be an election, but if there is one, the outcome isn't exactly a sure thing. Minority governments since the end of World War II have had a mixed record of success. Three got big W's by buying, or by being rather, reelected with majorities. Three had to settle for some small W's by retaining minority status. And three took an L. But take in Pierre Trudeau's example, that's Justin's father. After being reduced to a minority government in the 1972 election, Pierre Trudeau had to govern with the support of the New Democrats. He introduced new social welfare policies that helped boost liberal support. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. The gains weren't huge, but they were enough to put the liberals back into majority territory. After being defeated on a budget vote in 1974, when the NDP withdrew its support, Trudeau increased his party share of the vote by five points over 1972 and returned to Parliament with a majority government. So, do, do you think history will repeat itself? I remember that when Trudeau came back into majority government after this period that you're talking about, that's when he established the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Mm. So I wonder if this is kind of an opportunity for a, a really big turn in, in the way that we treat each other in this country. Well, if former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney who is a progressive conservative, gets his way. Yeah, we will. (laughs) Brian Mulroney is calling for, at the post-COVID, he's calling for four major things to be implemented. Basic income, doubling Canada's population to 75 million people, advocating for a free trade agreement across the Americas, and finally, but certainly not least, concrete action to address systemic racism and the injustices faced by Indigenous people, like adopting the Erasmus Assault Royal Commission, which he set up in 1991. The commission, by the way, was chaired by Dean leader George Erasmus and Quebec Court of Appeal Justice René Dussault, visited 96 First Nation communities and released 440 recommendations in 1996. And unfortunately, most of those recommendations have yet to be adopted. I love the idea of Mulroney coming back, you know, into the cut, playing in the paint, offering his suggestions. I I really wonder 
whether Mulroney has significant influence within the, the progressive conservative party. And if he can kind of push these ideas to Andrew Scheer, and, and, and I would love to see Andrew Scheer champion what Mulroney has presented here. I, I couldn't agree more that while the system has been disrupted, we need to make the changes that we need rather than just build it back up to what it was again. But I, I think that that needs to come from within the house. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, looking at the economy now, our big companies continue to slide and apparently try to bully the federal government. Air Canada is chopping 30 domestic routes because of COVID, which has halted most travel. In a statement, the company said, these structural changes to Air Canada's domestic regional network are being made as a result of continuing weak demand for both business and leisure travel due to COVID-19, and provincial and federal government-imposed travel restrictions and border closures, which are diminishing prospects for a near-to-midterm recovery. Interestingly enough, John Grudick, a lecturer on aviation management at McGill University, said the canceled flights include lightly traveled routes in smaller centers as well as to larger cities Air Canada has served for decades. He says it's interesting that so many Ottawa routes were canceled amid the airline's lobbying campaign and the federal government's rejection of bailouts to them. This is what he said. There's a message here, right? If you're an MP in Ottawa and you happen to live in Regina or Saskatoon, there goes your flight. They're telling those MPs either fly on your special jet or fly commercial on a connection over Montreal or Toronto. By the way, the writings in the five cities losing Ottawa suburbs are represented by almost all parties. The Liberals, the Conservatives, the NDP, and the Green Party. Yo, fam, are they trying to bully the government? No, they're trying to bully the government, fam. They're trying to bully the government into freeing restrictions on travel so they can make money or into the government giving them a bailout so they can have more money. Let's remember, airlines pressed Ottawa for industry-specific bailouts, but had to settle for wage subsidies and loans with commercial interest rates and conditions that include executive salary caps and bans on share buybacks, just like everybody else. Yo, man, you're going to have to start taking VRL instead of flight, eh? <laughs> I checked the website, though. I checked VRL's website, and the only train route that is fully operational in VRL, because remember, VRL had its own issues pre-COVID, goes from Winnipeg, Manitoba, to Churchill, Manitoba. So hashtag stay home. (laughs) 
Well, in response, Mark Garneau, who is the Minister of Transport, he says this is a, he says this is disappointing to the communities who rely on these flights, but the government will continue to try to work with airlines to see them through. I'm sure behind closed doors, he's like, those mother... F- <laughs> Well, taking a look at what's been happening in the world last week, to remind us that we're constantly at risk of dying by Mother Nature, there's a new flu virus with pandemic potential that has been found in China. God damn. Yeah. (laughs) The virus, called G4EAH1N1 by researchers, can grow and multiply in the cells that line the human airways. Current flu vaccines don't protect against it, although they could be adapted to do so if needed. Professor Ting Chao Cheng, who works at Nottingham University in the UK, told the, beast, told the BBC, quote, right now we're distracted with coronavirus and rightfully so, but we must not lose sight of potentially dangerous new viruses. Here, here. This is terrifying. What do you mean it lines human airways? <laughs> like, so you'll just like, suffocate in your own body after you've okay anyway i love that we have microbiologists and scientists out there who are keeping track of the emerging viruses and i really hope that maybe there there can be some you know duplicating or some two stream two strand vaccine that maybe be able to eradicate that too while we're working on on covid19 i don't know but uh this is really really terrifying Look, what it reminds us of is that pandemics, viruses, they, they aren't new, right? And we are going, unfortunately, we are going to continue to, you know, bump into them. So what we have to do as a civilization is just be prepared for that. And to you folks who still aren't taking this seriously or you, you, you don't listen to scientific consensus or medical advice, just know that you are contributing to this being worse every time you act in such a manner. Um, So stop. Quiet. (laughs) So in terms of questions for the audience this week, both Curtis and I have been deep in thought about Canada Day. And if you're online at all, you probably will have seen people working through what Canada Day means to them in light of the the revolution that is ongoing. Mm-hmm. And we are going to share some of our musings, not conclusions, but our musings about Canada Day in today's episode and really encourage you to share with us what do you think about Canada Day? And how did you celebrate your Canada Day a little bit differently this year? Canada Day represents the day that the colonization was entrenched in Canada, right? Mm -hmm. The day that we kind of solidified that we are going to, we're, we're not just a British colony anymore. We are Canada and we are permanently oppressing Indigenous folks. Yeah, I remember when I first started working at the job that I'm in right now, I, I called, um, you know, we're working with people with disabilities, we're working with people of color, mm-hmm. we're working with Indigenous Canadians. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? I was very quickly corrected by Indigenous 
employees at my place of work mm-hmm. say that they are not Canadians. Mm-hmm. They are Indigenous peoples who do not identify as Canadian. They identify as Ojibwe, as Cree. And that, I think, comes up for me when I think about Canada Day and I think about, okay, who is Canada Day for? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, obvi- I'm obviously still working through this. And I think it really hit me when those Indigenous folks told me that they, that they were not Canadian. And that has really made me think, who is Canadian? And what does it mean to be Canadian, really? Yes, absolutely. And I was, if you don't mind, I was just going to read my thing. In the Please. News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On this Canada Day, I look to the future with optimism knowing that the moral arc of history bends toward justice. So I know that one day, even if it's not within my lifetime, Canada will truly be a good and just place for all. On this day, though, I acknowledge the pain and violence so many Black, Indigenous people of color, women and men, and members of the LGBTQ community have felt for far too long at the hands of white supremacy, patriarchy, and toxic masculinity. But I also honor this day because I and many others have had great experiences in this country and have made plenty wonderful friends, and I plan on making plenty more. None of the good I've experienced to date would be possible if it were not here, or if I were not here in this country, if I weren't Canadian. So Canada, we have a lot of work to do, and I'm still dissatisfied with the darkness we're in today, but I'm hopeful that the future will be brighter. Happy Canada Day. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We're releasing pods on a weekly basis, so subscribe to stay up to date. Remember, we're all in this together, and this forum is meant to be a sort of safe space to foster community. So slide in our DMs with any questions or feedback you have, and we promise to respond. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at PatienceEve. And I'm on Instagram at State of Vermont. See you next time. You know, it's getting pretty wild out there. We've heard about shootings and other instances of violence all across the greater Toronto area. And we're urging people to please stay home. And if you can't, please continue to be vigilant and stay safe. We'd also like to give a special shout out to Stephen Fissett, who graciously provided artwork for this podcast. If you like what you see, you can find him on Instagram at Scarborough Debutante. That's Scarborough, D-E-B-U. T-A-N-T-E for all your graphic design needs. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.